Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Ryland Turner here for another edition of Wednesday Night Wallop, episode eight of season four. Kyle Joseph is with me. Kyle, how are you? Good. Got to watch another good episode of Rampage. Um, back at it. Interesting wrestling going on and lots to talk about. Yeah, there is always lots to talk about in the world of AEW. But before we get into AEW, um, we have to... We have to do the thing we do every week. Kyle, it's time for the Wednesday Night Roundup. So WWE has had a recent habit of changing wrestlers' names, and they seem to be continuing to do it. Ryland, there are some new names for existing WWE talent coming out recently. Yeah. Um... I mean, I want to. I really want to speak on the on the last one that I that I sent you. Um, but I'll have you go through the two the two first ones, or do you not have it in front of you? I'll pull it up. It's because oh. the two talents in particular are Casey Catanzaro and Kaylee Ray. And Casey Catanzaro was an interesting one to change her name. Now I think they're starting to heat her up a bit, so I don't mind her name changing. But I think they gave her a ridiculous name. So her name is Katana Chance, which oh my God. I don't have words for. And it's important to point out that she's named Katana Chance because it's the case C for her for her actual name. She was on Ninja Warrior, so the the Katana. And, you know, she's risky, so chance. But she's not Japanese at all. Nope. I... Look, I know there's going to be a lot of WWE fans who are going to be like, oh, you're just making fun of the names for no reason. You'll get used to them like you got used oh, to no, all no, the no, 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 no. Kyle, there's nobody saying that. This is a stupid name. That's, Come on. I Because th- here's the thing. I will say I will get used to Gunther. Yeah. I won't get used to to Katana Chance. I won't I won't get used to Ludwig uh Kaiser either though. Like yeah, Ludwig, I won't get Yeah. Again, cert, certain ones like got used to Dean Ambrose. I won't get used to Ludwig Kaiser. I'll get used to Alba Fry. It's not a great I won't. Name. That's it's a, not a great a, name. She sounds like a witch from the fucking Middle Ages. Like, but the thing about it is that Kaylee Ray is still very young, but she was established on the Indies for a long time, right? As as a lot of European wrestlers are, and I mean, I guess if you consider the two Scottish wrestlers coming to WWE with the names that they ended up getting. Alba Fry is not great, but she could have been called Dewdrop. So I get that. But my thing is, is that she's been Kaylee Ray in WWE for so long. Like yeah. I understand the ones that are new athletes and new stars, but when you already have somebody established like a Kaylee Ray, the longest reigning NXT UK women's champion, somebody who's just come over to NXT and who has been on NXT before she's been in a fucking war games match. She was in like, the first women's war games. Yes. So I'm sorry, but like she's established. You don't need to fuck with that now. So I that one I, and like I, both of them are silly, but let's, Casey Gonzalez. I was like, you know what? Fine, if they want to <laughs> rebrand her, that's fine. Uh, they hate using wrestlers' real names. I know that. Well, apparently there was a memo that came from Vince himself this week that stated that uh, no one is permitted to use their real name uh, any longer, and any indie names or or whatever are to be gone. It's, it's that's that's Vince's edict right now, and I understand that. <laughs> From a business standpoint, absolutely. Hmm? From a business standpoint, absolutely. But yeah, I agree with I, you. I completely disagree with it. I personally disagree with it because, I again, it comes down to the WWE owning you as opposed to you working there. You know what I mean? Right. Like, 
they're trying, and I know they, you know, when wrestlers leave, even if they have to go back to different names, they, you know, John Moxley, everybody knew who John Moxley was. There was not a lot of, you know, surprise or who's this guy who looks exactly like Dean Ambrose, but it's not his name. It's weird. Can't be him. Isn't, isn't that his wife? Dean Ambrose is he's stealing Dean Ambrose's girl. Um, no, we, we all, we all sort of get the clue and it's fine. You know, for some of the guys though, I will say, I think it's actually interesting. Ironically, if I think about a guy like Matt Cardona, I think leaving Zack Ryder in WWE was to his benefit. Yes, I, I agree with you. For but for some of them, it's it's their legacy. It's what they it's what they worked their entire lives to become, and I feel like like The Rock is a WWE creation, but The Rock has been like Dwayne The Rock Johnson has been able to be The Rock since he was The Rock. Stone Cold Steve Austin is a WWE creation, but he's been Stone Cold Steve Austin ever since. You know what I mean? Right. And I, w- I will say, like, for all these people who are, 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 you know, scoffing at the names and whatever, and, and all these situations with WWE releasing people, like Matt Cardona, the guy you just mentioned, he, he recently did an interview where he talked about how they talked about Cody going back, right? And how could he go back? They treated him so poorly. They did some such terrible things with his character. And we've talked about this and hashed this out on this show a million times. The guy's a star. Um, he's not the same Cody that left. No, absolutely. And Matt Cardona talks about if he was to get a call from Johnny Laronitis or, uh, or Vince or Bruce Pritchard, would he take it? And he goes, absolutely, I'd take this. Especially because no matter it, it, no matter where I am in my wrestling career now, right now, that guy's holding seven world championships. Seven. Kyle, yeah. um, what the fuck is this? No matter man? where I am in my career, I don't know. I, to there, say that I never want to wrestle in a like WWE a, ring again a, a or wrestle at a WrestleMania face. ever again would be li- I'd no, be lying. Two face. I thought some yeah. sort of and, and, and I think was, a lot of like we're face? we cover AEW predominantly on this show. Um, we talk about WWE pay per views and moments. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not familiar like, with I think we all also have to like acknowledge the fact that like that is still a prominent. The deep prominent wrestling company in the world, and it's the place that a lot of people aspire to go to. And honestly, if they're used properly, sure, look at all the guys that are used properly there. They're successful Um, as all hell, yeah, and they're some of the best wrestlers in the world. You want me to make fun of the guy named who used to be named that building? No, I'm not, I'm just like, but there was there's just okay, so the 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 uh, 65 to that many. 65. The, the group yeah, that he's, or the and, group, and, and, the and you know what? LA Knight is uh, representing his night model. And WrestleMania, honestly, Kyle, uh, was a success. His first like, client was made show for the most now face. Uh, I so, really hope I, that I mean, somebody like, misheard we, we that all over and that his name is whatever, Mace. Like, and I can't believe that can't sentence is being uttered from my face. <laughs> but there is pictures no, online of him introducing this guy. And, and I've seen Dio. We've watched Dio Madden for the last while. The guy's uh, a good-looking dude. Jacked is all fucked. So I hope he can wrestle. I really hope he can wrestle. Became a bit disillusioned with it. But especially for the people who are... I think I'm not opposed to... I'm not opposed to... I'm lost at this point. I just don't. I got the thing is with with, especially with these guys who are. are, Let's look at how Retribution is doing right now. Talk about the last one, Ron. Ali is desperately trying to leave. Appeared in a dark uh, Mace is now face. Debuted as a man. Shane Haste or Sir Slapjack has been cut. Reckoning has been cut. Retribution left the group and then was cut. And poor, poor Dijak. My man T-Bar still out there being T-Bar, waiting for his chance. Waiting for that writer to come up to him and be like, hey, what are you doing? Nothing? Didn't what you used you to wrestle? Oh, yeah, that guy's gone. Uh, hmm. Didn't you used to be, like, really great and athletic and jacked and good-looking and... From the same place John Cena's from, and like, why can we not make you into a star? Beats me, but that guy is brutally under uh, underutilized. Brutally under. 
Do you remember when he was going to be a Heyman guy? Yeah, I do. I do remember that. And you know what, though? You know what, though? How, how much you want to bet that's another guy who's going over to AEW as fast as he can? Maybe. I mean, I would love that. But to be honest with you, I just I don't know if he's the type of guy that WWE wants to let go of. Well, then fucking use him. Then use him. It's the same thing as Ali. Is I think they know how good Ali would be if they let him go. Yeah. I agree with that. But and I think they, like I know that they stopped hoarding talent, but I think they're back to like they're going to make sure that a lot of these guys don't leave. Right. But man, he was he was real good. PWI had him number 104 in 2020. Yeah. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. It's uh, that match on NXT Portland, man. Yeah, it was, it, it was so good. It was it was the perfect Haas fight. It was. And and yeah. That that that's that's now over. He's 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 the last remaining part of retribution. Maybe they'll maybe they'll just call him retribution now. <laughs> we're we're really getting we're really going down a rabbit hole here. That's true. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the rest of the news. Oh, there's happier news. Uh, Rowan, Jonathan Gresham looks like he is um, going to be uh, under contract with AEW. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the current Ring of Honor champion uh, is now officially signed with AEW, and uh, he wrestled for the company for the first night, uh, defending his AEW, or sorry, his Ring of Honor uh, World Championship uh, against Dalton Castle. Um, and we'll talk about that later. Um, but um, yeah, uh, he's uh, he's a guy who's highly, highly sought after, I'll bet considering that he's proven to be one of the best technical wrestlers in the world. He's a guy who's talked openly about wanting to work with guys like CM Punk and, and Brian Danielson. So uh, dream matches, dream matches galore. I'm a big, big Jonathan Gresham fan. Like he's easily one of my, he's going to be one of my top five of 2022. Yeah, man. Again, just give me Jonathan Gresham and, and Brian Danielson. And take my money. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, we'll move on to our last and not great story, kind of a sad one. So, Liv Morgan has uh, taken to Twitter. I'm going to see if I can find the tweet itself originally, but she is having a tough time with doppelgangers. Let's see here. And and this uh, is the only time... This is the only time in the world that any man will complain about there being two Liv Morgans. I'm so, trying to add some uh, humor to this. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it would be nice to add levity to this. It's just really unfortunate. A man sold his home and lost everything thinking he was helping me. This has me so sick. Please know that I would never reach out to ask any of you for a single penny. I'm so sad. Please stop. Uh, she goes on to say... Guys, I've been sent so many emails of horror stories about people making fake accounts and emails pretending to be me, asking for huge amounts of money. This makes me so sad. Please don't use my name to con people out of their hard-earned money. Please, please, please. And, man, it's, you know, it's such a depressing place, you know? Yeah. It's 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 sad that w- this is the world that we live in. That people are going after people like this, trying to, um, trying to trying to make money this way, and and, and obviously, unfortunately, being successful at some points. Like it's really sad, and it's sad to, that she she that, that's sad that she even has to fucking go and make a tweet about this. You know, yeah. like that's the and it's there. Here's another one for you. I, I got another story for you, Kyle. This week. On, online, 
a gentleman posted a picture with Mickey James from a, I don't know if you heard about this one. Oh, I did. This is, this is, it's, oh, it's, 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 this is a, a weird, sad story. This guy posts a picture with Mickey James and they're posing like they're going to the prom together. And he posted that that's what it looked like on his Instagram. However, this guy was just berated online and torn apart called creepy and whatever. Mickey James came in, came out in defense of this guy and just simply stated like, this is a guy who's been a fan since number day one. You know, I know him personally. We're good friends. Like you, this is, it's disgusting that this is how people react to this. Like, don't get me wrong. There are creeps out there when it comes to this stuff. And I've seen plenty of pictures of wrestlers being uncomfortable with fans, but don't just assume that somebody is going to be a weirdo and just based on someone, the way somebody looks or the way that somebody, you know, uh, captions a photo like this is. And that's like to be, this was solely based on appearance. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's really sad. I and it, uh, I will say credit to Mickey James for coming out and defending this guy because not a lot of not a lot of these athletes would do that. I give her credit for doing that. Absolutely, it's it's hard because, and this is something that you see, and it's there's just some really depressing stuff I've seen. I remember, um, and I cannot for the life of me remember who the wrestler was. But there was, she was basically at like, I think it was a a WrestleMania weekend or some sort of wrestling convention where she was basically selling the opportunity for uh, fans to take a picture with her in bed. And it's, there is a depressing element of this that is women's wrestling's history. Mm-hmm. is so badly riddled with the women being treated by the companies as sex objects that that cycles into the ethos in a way that it shouldn't. And then to make it doubly disgusting, like people find out, oh no, is Tony Storm making money on OnlyFans? How dare she? Like... Kyle, if I could sell pictures of my feet for fifty thousand dollars a month, I I'd be on OnlyFans. Yeah, like one hundred percent. It's like it's like they figured it out, man. <laughs> they figured it out, and she came out this week and said too, like I'm not doing porn. I I'm I'm selling sexy and photos if of myself. She was that's also still fine? Exactly. Exactly. That's she's a but, grown but, ass adult who can do what she wants. Yeah. Not absolutely. hurting anybody. It, and that's the frustrating thing about all of this is it's like it's you know what it is? It's just women on the internet, man. Yeah. It's just the idea of women having any level of self-confidence or any level of or any level of presence on the internet invites just vitriol and hatred that is so totally unnecessary and, and you know what like it, it with the wrestling community it's even worse oh so it's, it's disgusting so yeah it's unfortunate that that's that's our news for this week yeah I, but, so the so the moral of the story is uh don't pretend to be Liv morgan to con people out of money but yeah yeah Ugh. Um, Rylan, let's get into AEW. Yeah, let's do it. So, uh, Dynamite was live this week from New Orleans, Louisiana. Our opening match, CM Punk versus Penta Ascaro. Uh, this is like a fucking dream match, and it was handed to us as an opener. Um, great match, back and uh, lots of back and forth stuff. As soon as the match kicked off, we had AEW chance. Uh, Penta hits a couple of sling blades for a two count. Uh, there's a lot of chain wrestling going back and forth. Uh, we go to a break after afterwards. Uh, Punk does fall uh, off the top rope, um, attempting I'm not sure exactly what, but as soon as he fell, I noticed right away he started selling his knee as if he he hurt himself or whatever. Uh, genius, because he's fine, but like the whole match then centered around centered around his knee. And obviously, this wasn't a spot that they planned prior. Um, 
Penta then went on a, a bit of a rally. Um, he put P- Punk on the top rope and uh, Punk was able to uh, turn it into a Frankensteiner and it was just the perfect Frankensteiner. Um, he gets the rising knee, uh, goes to the GTS, uh, but Penta escapes. Um, he goes to snap Punk's arm, uh, and but Punk turns it into an Anaconda vice, which Penta then makes it to the ropes. Um, the two are on the apron, um, and he uh, Penta goes for a springboard lariat, or sorry, Punk goes for a springboard lariat um, and hits it. He hits the running knee in the corner and the short arm clothesline. He, he signals for the GTS, but again, Penta blocks it. Uh, Penta goes for the pile driver. Um, Punk uh, reverses it, and they go for the uh, back and forth two fall pin counts. Um, Penta kicks him in the face and goes for the springboard. And at this point, Punk is able to catch him with the GTS for the one, two, three. Uh, this was a really good opening match. Although I will say, I thought that um, they wrestled a good match, but left enough on the table to uh, have another great match and kick it up even higher. Uh, Penta went on Twitter and said that they should have another match in Mexico. Uh, I'd be down for more of this. This was really good. That would be a good uh, triple mania match. If they yeah, absolutely. Penta's already wrestling uh, Ultimo Dragon, though. Well, that's, there's three triple manias this year. Um. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Okay, so we were, we were shown footage from earlier in the evening where Angelo Parker and Matt Lee are being beaten up by Eddie Kingston and Santana and Ortiz. And uh, Matt Lee and Angelo Parker have their shoes stolen. <laughs> um, this was great. Our second match of the night. <laughs> I can't believe this. AEW World Tag Team Championships. Red Dragon, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus with Christian Cage. Um this was so hard to take notes for. Kyle, like, this was a, a, an AEW tag team title match. I don't think there's been one that has been easy to take notes for. Tons of great offense. Bobby, uh, Bobby Fish looked better in this match than I think he did in the entire run he had in WWE, just as a uh, overall wrestler. Like, he got so much shit in Um. Red Dragon looked like they were going to take this, but uh, this went to the uh, <clears throat> Jurassic Express with the Thoracic Express at the end of the match. Um, I, I, I'm going to just say this. I don't have a lot for this, but go watch this match. This whole Dynamite was great, but this match in particular really stood out. Um, at the end of the match, Red Dragon went, went attacked the champs, this brought out FTR, who held up both of their tag team championships, the AAA and Ring of Honor tag team championships. And they I, I can't I couldn't tell if they were signaling at Red Dragon or the Jurassic Express, but I'm happy with either. Like FTR is on a hot run right now as baby faces. And I think that all uh, like we all benefit off good tag team wrestling. So let's have all these teams mix up. Yeah, 100%. Backstage, we get to the we go to the back Blackpool Combat Club. Wheeler Yuta is uh, now joined with them. They note that they're going to take on the Gun Club this week on Rampage. Um and then Wheeler repeats the line that Moxley said to him the week prior, now the real work begins. We go to a break and afterwards, Tony Schiavone is with Jamie Hader and Tony Storm. They're going to face off in an opening round match for the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. Um, Jamie Hader basically berates Tony, and Tony doesn't say anything and just walks away. Um, she she says that her and uh, Tony both did what Owen Hart did and honed their craft in Japan and Europe before making it big in the States. Um, and that led Tony, like I said, to just walk away. This is going to be a great match. Um, I like them mentioning stuff about Owen Hart doing dur- uh, in this tournament. I think that makes the tournament make sense. And I don't know if you agree with me, but I think we need more of this. I, I look, once we get the tournament actually going, 
I think that's when we'll get some of these, especially for the women's side, some of these qualifying matches. I think it's, I'm glad that they're mentioning the foundation, but there's such, a lot of them are such squashes that I don't think they do anything. I'm very much looking forward to the actual tournament proper. Right. Ironically, uh, the one I had this week was not a squash, but we'll get to that. The next match, MJF versus Sean Dean. Uh, MJF comes out. He acts at the beginning of the match. He's pretending he can't take his jacket off. Um, and Dean uh, goes after him and he attacks him. Uh, we go backstage right, almost right away. And we see that there's a bunch of security guys taken out. One of them is missing a shirt. MJF's obviously looking terrified. Um, he throws Dean outside. The Wardlow chants were rivaling Goldberg chants in 1997-1998. Like, this was pretty ridiculous. And it was the same thing the week prior. Um, MJF is beating up Dean on the outside, and he is uh, taunting the crowd and from behind him a security guard begins to approach him wearing a mask um, pulls the mask down obviously it's Wardlow MJF notices this and just books it Wardlow chases him uh, Spears catches up to Wardlow and hits him with a chair he no sells the shit out of it power bombs the security guard on the apron which oh my god dude <laughs> like this poor security guard it's brutal. Um, then at one point, there are 12 security guards holding Wardlow back. And this is preventing MJF from getting back in the ring. Bryce uh, Renberg is counting. MJF then grabs a mic and says, wait, 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 wait. If you don't count to 10, I will pay triple what Tony Khan is paying you tonight. Bryce Renberg thinks about it and then counts to 10. And Sean Dean has beaten MJF twice in 2022. The captain. The captain. <laughs> this Love was it. fun. Wardlow is the, he is one of the most over acts on AEW television right now. And I would have never guessed that that would be his position come this point. But like people love this guy. Good booking. Man. It's so, it's amazing. I mean, Wardlow and Wheeler Yuta are the stories of, Good booking long term and good booking short term. Right. Some people you can just heat them up quickly, give them a great great opportunity, and you know, send them to the moon. And some people that story you just let it build and build and build. And now I think Wardlow is ready to have that match with MJF, and I think it's going to be really good. And I think it's got, got to be a double or nothing. Yes, I agree. Uh, we go backstage, or sorry. We go to a uh, vignette where Darby Allen is challenging Andrade to a coffin match. That's going to take place next week on Dynamite. And take my fucking money. I think it's going to be a great match. I've never been a fan of coffin matches. But I think this one's going to be very... I think they, the big thing is to find a creative way to end them. Yeah. It's kind of tricky. It's, it's kind of like a flag match. You know what I mean? Yeah, where it's just two guys sort of maneuvering towards a single location. Yeah, but anything like on a pole match, too. Yeah, if you can find a creative way to end it, I think it'll be good. Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Daniel Garcia against Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. Uh, Eddie comes out with a Junkyard Dog Thump t-shirt. Uh, this is great. Uh, this is just a six-man uh, fight. Uh, there was no real like rhyme or reason to any of it. There was just ridiculous moves thrown at each of these guys. Uh, I mean, minus Jake Hager a little bit. I feel like he kind of, um, he, he didn't do a lot. He, he came in there when he was needed, but this was a lot of Eddie Kingston just throwing everybody around. Uh, Daniel Garcia, number one, he's changed his look. Thank God. Thank fucking God. As soon as that man took those socks off, I took him more seriously. I don't know if it, I don't know if you agree, but I haven't seen his new look yet, unfortunately. It's it's simply put, he, he just look. He's got black tights, black uh, knee pads, and it just he looks more serious. It doesn't look like an indie guy who is tiny. 
And I, I immediately uh, noticed the difference. So I don't, I, we'll see when you see him next, but uh, this ended up being um, <clears throat> a, a, a kind of a schmoz finish with Jericho hitting Eddie Kingston with Floyd. Uh, Daniel Garcia got the pinfall uh, on Eddie Kingston and the Jericho Appreciation Society go over. Obviously, this feud is going to continue, uh, but I'm here for it. I, I, I like this. I, I'm I'm digging the JAS more than I thought I would. I still don't like the name, but uh, I appreciate the, the, the group. Can I ask a question? Sure. Because we didn't get it on, on Rampage, so I did want to know. Was there a Jericho Sports Entertainer of the Week? Not that I saw. Yeah, I didn't see one either. That's disappointing. Although, although before Judas kicked in, either Angelo Parker or uh, Matt Menard um, came on like the speaker and was like the Jericho Appreciation Society for the last five weeks being the best in sports entertainment. Something to that, you know, whatever degree. Uh, and it was hilarious. And then Judas kicks in and it's, it's all normal again. Um, we go backstage. MJF is talking about Wardlow. He's saying that I still own you. And of course this brings in smart Mark Sterling, um, where he states that in Wardlow's contract that MJF can book him in matches. Uh, he then has uh, Jose, the assistant, walk in, who agree, who he pays, and the butcher then climbs into the camera, and it's going to be the butcher versus Wardlow next week on Dynamite. Uh, man, the fucking butcher! This guy is shredded now. Holy God! Like this guy's lost a lot of weight, and he looks great. So I'm just going to say that. That's one thing I noticed. Up next, Marina Shafir versus Sky Blue. Uh, this match sucked. Uh, Marina Shafir, I have not watched her performances on Dark or Dark Elevation, but this was nothing special, and Sky Blue is pretty great. So, yeah, this this ended up being a triangle. Sky Blue submitted pretty much after about two minutes of just being tossed around, but Marina Shafir really didn't look all that impressive, and she's got a big match with Jade Cargill coming up, so... I don't know about that. Um, either way, she went over. Uh, we get an announcement that Hook will be debuting on Dynamite next week. Uh, Lexi Nair tries to get a word from him. Uh, Mark Sterling and Tony Nese come in. Uh, Hook gets fired up and tosses a medicine ball behind him, and Danhausen catches it. He probably thinks he has the power now. He's He's trying to find it. Scorpio Sky is going to defend his TNT title against Sammy Guevara at Battle for the Belts. We're going to talk about that. Ugh. Uh, up next, match six. Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks versus Str- Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. Uh, Kyle, Ricky Starks came out to a thunderous reaction. Like this guy was, I mean, I know he's from New Orleans, but God damn. Like this guy was the biggest baby face in this match. And I, I will think... say, I give AEW full credit for the for the crowds getting the local guy over. Yeah, and on top of that, they went over. Um, we'll get into it though. Like uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks played the baby faces in this match. No, not not a single doubt about that. There's not a part of me that. Um, uh, I think Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee uh, admittedly realized right away what the situation was going to be and just changed their styles to do that. Although there were a few fantastic spots. Keith Lee Lee is such a natural face, but I think he can heal. Like he's like, he's a big guy and big guys can heal it up in any particular way, but uh, Swerve has been a heel forever. Right. And it's not to say that, um, they fully went heel, but they were definitely realizing that every time Starks was in the ring, he needed to get his shit in because the people loved it. Um, so I'll talk about some of the spots in this match. There was a point where Keith Lee's on the apron and Rick, uh, 
Ricky Starks and Hobbs are on the outside and Swerve Strickland does a moonsault off Keith Lee's chest and lands it perfectly on the both of them. Keith Lee then just goes insane in the ring and is just so shocked at how good this looked that he's bouncing around on the ropes and just having a great time. Crowd goes nuts for it. Um, Starks hit an old school at one point, which was really cool. Um, and, and like I said, every time Starks is in the ring, from entrance to every moment he was tagged in, this crowd was erupting for this guy. He hit a Canadian Destroyer, and that's one more than Penta hit this week. <laughs> um, there you go. He, uh, there's another spot, and this was a uh, credit to Strickland and Keith Lee. Strickland has Starks up on the top rope, and he's got him in a fireman's carry. Uh, sorry, on the second rope. And he drops Starks to the ground as Keith Lee is running at him to hit a pounce. That was incredible. Um, Starks hits a spear on Keith Lee from the top rope at one point and then covers him. Swerve then comes at him with a 450 splash to break up the pinfall. Keith Lee gets fired up and bounces off the ropes. And Taz had come out at this point, grabs his leg, which leads Hobbs to hit him with the Anderson Spinebuster and the one, two, three. Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks go over. This match was fan-fucking-tastic. The crowd helped a lot, but uh, yeah, this was great. Another match that I would highly recommend anyone go check out. Um, Up next, we had a a promo being cut by Thunder Rosa in the back. Um, Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero then present her with a cake for being the shortest reigning champion or AW women's champion of all time. Um, Thunder Rosa then throws the cake in Nyla Rose's face and then brawls with her. Uh, Nyla Rose actually decks Vicky Guerrero at one point and then continues to brawl with Thunder Rosa. Um, She takes the advantage, throws her into a crate and then goes, bitch, you thought I didn't like cake. Uh, I popped so hard for this. Uh, this was great. <laughs> Thunder Rosa uh, took that uh, that crate really hard. Anyway, uh, move on to our main event, the Ring of Honor TV Championship. Minoru Suzuki versus Samoa Joe. Um, Samoa Joe came out to an enormous reaction. Uh, is looking fantastic. Like the shape this guy's in, he looks better than he ever did in WWE in his last few years of TNA for sure. Uh, I can't stress enough. Samoa Joe looks great. Minoru Suzuki came out. Delayed reaction. I was convinced this guy was not over in New Orleans until this part of his song comes up where the, the, the uh, whatever the song's called gets shouted. And then the entire crowd did it. And I was just like, oh, no, no, no. This guy's over as fuck. Uh, another match, or another match kicked off. Uh, uh, Bobby, what is his name? Bobby Cruz from Ring of Honor did the ring announcing for this because it's for the Ring of Honor TV Championship. Yep. Uh, this is just chops. This match is 13 minutes long. It's mostly chops. Uh, they go at each other. Both of their chests by the end of this match were just gross. Um, chops, forearms. This, this for five straight minutes, it was nothing but chops and fall, forearms and slaps. Um, then Joe shoulder tackles him down. Um, Suzuki hits an arm breaker, and then we they they, they both go outside where we go to a break. Uh, we come back, uh, Suzuki's in a cross face, and <laughs> Suzuki is selling this ridiculously <laughs> just ah, 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 ah. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is great. Uh, he gets to the ropes, and then it's back to chops. Uh, back, more chops. Uh, Suzuki locks in the standing cross face. Uh, Joe hits a sidewalk slam. Uh, they keep battling back and forth. Joe then gets him in the corner and hits the muscle buster. And the one, two, three, the new Ring of Honor World Television Championship. And for the first time, Samoa Joe. Uh, this was great. This main event was fantastic. It was, both these guys are past their prime. Like, it's it's no doubt. But this was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. 
And I am so excited to see Samoa Joe in AEW. Like the last two weeks have been fantastic. Uh, however, Dynamite then ended like shit. So let's get into it. Uh, the post-match, Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt, who have been on the outside the entire time um, with a present. Um, and the present was Jay Lethal flipping off Samoa Joe. Then the lights go out and they come back, they come back on and Satnam Singh is in the ring and he just destroys Joe. And now when I say he destroys Joe, he very lightly threw him out of the ring and he very gingerly threw him at the stairs, which Joe sold like Roddy Piper. Um, and then proceeded to put uh, the, 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 the claw on, the head claw on him and make Samoa Joe pass out. Uh, then brought him back to his feet for Jay Lethal to hit the lethal injection on, on him. Uh, they draped the title over him and the show goes off the air. Now, um, Tony Khan has went, gone, gone on Busted Open Radio and said that he wishes he did this differently. And I will say, so do I. I don't know if you saw this, Kyle, but it didn't look great. I did not uh, see this. I heard about it. I heard like basically the Twitter, uh, my Twitter timeline right around the time it was ending. I, I was like, I should flip it on, but I think it's too late now was wow that was the worst ending of dynamite I've ever seen or like you know how could it such a great end a dynamite uh end so terribly um yeah that's 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 pretty disappointing um i didn't realize that satnam singh was all elite yes i am only just looking up who he is now and uh rylan are you are uh, i feel like when we do the inevitable WWE AEW invasion, Satnam Singh versus Omos or versus the Omos. Yeah, that's that's exactly what everyone is saying. He's he's the new Omos. He's the I, I should say first Indian-born man to be drafted by the NBA. Now, never played a game, but it's still an accomplishment. Uh, I think anyway. it's an accomplishment to grow to be seven three. Yes. <laughs> Um, we're going to see on this guy, apparently he showed up on battle of, or no, sorry. He did show up on battle of the belts. Um, so we'll talk about that. Or was it rampage? Those two shows blended in for me. So, uh, was it rampage or battle? No, of the he belts? wasn't on rampage. Oh, okay. I, would have, I would have noticed him on rampage. Fair uh, enough. Rylan, are you ready for some, uh, well, first I want to say that I'm going to give this show a four. Uh, I would give it a 4.5, but that ending was uh, just the drizzling shits. Uh, so it's going to get a solid four. Great matches, guys. AW Dynamite is fantastic every week. Uh, Kyle, get into Rampage. Let's do it. Um, we will in just a second. Are you ready for Canadian Connection? Okay. Yeah, for sure. Did you know that Satnam Singh uh, was a former member of the St. John's Edge of the National Basketball League of Canada. I did not know that. Did you also know that the National Basketball League of Canada is on hiatus because of COVID? I, I didn't, I, but I, I won't lie to you. I did not realize there was a National Basketball League of Canada. So uh, There is. It has, uh, in fact, Rylan, their, uh, their team's uh, are in Sudbury, Windsor, London, and Kitchener, Ontario. So, not too far from uh, a KW Titans uh, game. If you ever want to go check them out and report back, yeah, definitely. That's that's the next segment when I start season two of uh, the Sports Report. There we go. <laughs> Kitchener Memorial Auditorium. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, man. Uh, I'll talk about about Rampage. Live, of course, from Dallas, Texas. Blackpool Combat Club, Gun Club. Who is the greater club in Trio's match? Well, the Gun Club coming into this one undefeated. Unsurprisingly, they didn't end this way. William Regal joins commentary. William Regal's a nice addition to the commentary desk. I think he and Taz play off each other really well. 
And I was appreciative of that. He sort of acts as a mentor figure for, um, for what's his name on the, uh, I keep forgetting his name, Ricky Starks on, on there as well. It's nice. This is mostly you to Wheeler. Austin Gunn and Colton Gunn take advantage of him early, but he keeps battling back. At one point, Brian Danielson hits Lux Colton Gunn in with the Romero special. Heels isolate Danielson for a bit before Mox tags in. He bullies the younger guns. He starts to take out Billy Gunn. Danielson and Mox both set up for stereo suicide dives on the younger guns, but Billy Gunn close-sized them both. They both roll away. So Billy Gunn hits a big slam on Yuta. He kicks out of it, and then he goes for the Famouser, but Yuta counters it, rolls him up, hits a prawn roll pin, and gets the pinfall victory. So Wheel Yuta pinning Billy Gunn to pick up the win. The Gun Club no longer undefeated. And yeah, this was this is solid. Nothing special, but it was solid. Yeah, I agree. The Butcher versus I honestly, for the life of me, didn't catch who this was. I don't uh, I, would, hmm? I don't remember either. Uh I it looked like Aaron Solo, so that's why I've written, but I will double check to see who <coughs> it was. It, was, it doesn't matter. He beat him with a couple strikes and a power bomb. So, uh, how, how do you feel about the butcher? Fine. I don't know. Like, <clears throat> do you think like if if the blade wasn't there, the butcher would would have a, a spot? No. Or like, <clears throat> there's they haven't done anything with the butcher or the blade, for that matter. To be April fifteenth, right? Uh, for me to believe that either one of them is that huge a deal. Fair enough. But oh, they didn't even. Wow, I'm looking at this. That's funny. Uh, I'm trying to to look it up. They didn't even have it uh, a back. Uh, they didn't even talk about it. Um. Yeah. Uh. Thank you, Bleacher Report, for telling me that the butcher squashed a jobber. Um. That's <laughs> very helpful. Okay, so he was a jobber. It wasn't Aaron Solo. I guess it wasn't Aaron Solo. Barrett Brown appears to be the jobber in question. Uh, the butcher won with a power bomb was the important thing, and he's coming for. He's coming for um. Wardlow. And Wardlow's going to beat him pretty quickly, I think. Yeah, I agree. The Butcher's not a bad wrestler, and I like these guys as, like, power tag team. But, and they they have a distinctive look. They've sort of been working as, you know, they they work well as, like, mercenary for hire types, which has sort of been their their whole thing. And I think the bunny is just sort of weird enough to play off of their like sort of who are these guys and what are they about vibe they they remind me of a tag team that if quentin tarantino did a like a wrestling movie he these guys would be in it yeah yeah, yeah. That, i definitely could see that that's the vibe they get they give me uh, the war or sorry um the butcher really for me it's just the shape he's got himself into from debut to current uh stance like this guy is incredible yeah. Looks incredible, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the the Wardlow match because I think it's going to be more than a squash. I think it's going to be a bit of a power match, but right, we will see. Dustin Rhodes cuts a promo. He talks about beating Lance Archer before, and he wants to set a challenge for CM Punk. And that's going to happen on Dynamite. Uh, yes, it will, and I'll go over Dynamite in just a minute. Ruby Soho, Robin Renegade, Owen Hart Foundation Qualifier. This one got a surprising amount of time to it. And very little Ruby Soho offense. Renegade got a lot of early advantage. She locks a chin lock into the commercial. Soho comes back with some machine gun chops, takes advantage for a little bit, but eats a backstabber. And then it's right back to Renegade offense, which goes through another commercial. At which point we get a backdrop suplex for Soho. 
And then she hits the... I don't remember what she hits her with. Oh, yeah, she hits her in the corner. She uh, beats her up in the corner. And then Charlotte, or uh, sorry, Robin Renegade rakes her eyes. At which point she goes to the, uh, to the referee and Charlotte rolls out of, or sorry, Robin rolls out of the ring and Charlotte Renegade, her twin sister, switches in. Ruby, Rojo, Ruby Soho doesn't realize. She goes to the top rope to jump down on Charlotte, but Charlotte gets the legs up. At some point, Ruby hits uh, no future, which is the riot kick. Right. On Charlotte. Charlotte rolls out, goes back out of the ring, and then Robin comes in again and clotheslines her. And then Ruby hits a finisher, which reminds me of Sister Abigail a little bit. It's like a uh, like a bending flatliner. Mm-hmm. Which looks interesting, but like I don't think anybody realized it was the finisher. This match was a little weird, and the twin stuff was interesting, and it told an interesting story. But I don't know that I've like I haven't seen either of these people before because I don't watch dark, right? So I think that the switcheroo act was an interesting story, but I don't think it's going to go anywhere. The referee and Soho were both confused by the fact that two women were headed to the towards the back at the end of this match, but they shrugged it off. And Rob, Ruby, so the most important thing is Ruby Soho is going to be in the Owen Hart uh, Foundation tournament. So on Dynamite this upcoming week, it'll be Wardlow versus the Butcher. Hook will make his Dynamite debut. Britt Baker is in her Owen Hart Memorial Tournament qualifying match. I didn't even write down her opponent. She's going to win. It's in Pittsburgh. Like, <laughs> yeah. Jungle Boy versus Kyle O'Reilly, which should be a great match. I might even open with that one. Yeah, that would be great. Dustin Rhodes versus CM Punk. Okay, that, that match right there. I know a lot of people can scoff at me for going, oh, you're going to, it's two old guys, whatever. What does it matter? Those guys are going to have a match that could potentially steal the show. I, oh, I I'm saying I'm saying it right here, right now. I think that match has all the ability to steal the show. Dustin Rhodes is one of those guys who he can't give you a great match every week, but he can give you a great match every so often. Yeah, he's his in ring work has aged like wine. Yeah. Oh yeah. And Andrade Alielo versus Darby Allen, the coffin match. And of course, Tony Icahn has a big announcement. So lots of stuff coming up in that dynamite. I think it's going to be a busy one. Yeah, definitely. As as it is almost every week. Mark Henry interview. Not much to speak about here. There's intensity on both sides. It's very. They're both very much in the pocket of their characters, and yeah, I think this is the match goes to show exactly where they are in this feud, which is hopefully towards the end of it, but. This is a way to go out on it. This is brutal. Let's get into the match itself. I'm not going to go through everything that happened. It was a street fight. Here are the highlights of things that uh, these two did to these two human beings did to each other. So it started with Hangman Page taking a, a huge early advantage. He battled all around the ring, tossed Cole into the barricades, beat him through, up and down the crowd. So at one point, Cole retakes the advantage and ties a chain, a steel chain to the top rope. And then when Paige is running the ropes, Cole tugs on it and hits him with, with uh, what uh, was described by commentary as an actual clothesline. So he clotheslined him with steel chain, which that doesn't seem fun. But speaking of things that don't seem fun, so Adam Cole needs to stop doing this. He sets up the chairs back to back, and whenever he does this, it means that he is going to be landing back first on them. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And today it was an attitude adjustment. And just on the spine, you know, where you want to take it. 
looked they, great. Probably didn't feel that way. Oh no, it, it probably felt terrible. But yeah, it, this was this was very cool. Paige manages to counter Panama Sunrise into a dead eye, which was very clean. The Orihara Moonsault countered into a super kick was probably the spot of the night. Yeah, yeah, and the best one that Adam Cole's ever hit. We get Panama Sunrise at one point, and then they fight to the top rope, and there's a bunch of chairs in the center of the ring, which means somebody's going to end up on it. And if it's chairs, it's probably Adam Cole. Avalanche Exploder Suplex onto the pile of chairs. At one point, Hangman Page gets a barbed wire chair, but he thinks better of it. He's a fan favorite. He doesn't want to do that. And then as soon as he puts it down, he gets low blowed. So, obviously, Adam Cole, very much the heel. Adam Cole hits a couple super, couple super kicks. And that is it for Page. He decides that he's going to do what he needs to do. He gets the barbed wire gives the barbed wire crown to Adam Cole and hits dead eye through a table on the outside. That is enough to get the 10 count in the victory. Hangman page retains his championship. This is a brutal, brutal match. Rylan, I don't know if you had any thoughts on this. You want to add? Man, Christian people were mad, mad at this match. Twitter was, Oh my God. Like the crown of barbed wire on good Friday was, uh, was an, Excellent touch for somebody who doesn't follow any religion. But um, the, not to be that guy. Like I feel like this wasn't an homage to anything. I don't recall Jesus ever wearing a crown of barbed wire. No, but a crown of thorns is pretty close. Like yeah, yeah. it's pretty pretty close. Um, regardless. Um, this it, it was it was great it was and and unfortunately for AEW they also had another show that ran on Saturday and I'm gonna briefly run through it uh, did not live up to anything on this card so well I mean sorry did not live up to that main event and they taped it after which I can only imagine was rough um, do you have any thoughts on any of these three matches before I get it? I didn't see Battle of the, uh, the Belts, but I heard about the main events. Or at least I heard about the result. I didn't hear anything about the matches themselves. Okay. <coughs> oh, sorry. Um, <coughs> Sammy Guevara defeated Scorpio Sky in the opener. Um, this went 13 minutes. <coughs> Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti are heels. They just don't know it. Uh, This feels very reminiscent of the Cody Rhodes thing. I really hope it's not going that way. Um, I hope that we really define them as heels now, that he's champ again. Uh, I'm I'm honestly kind of pissed off because I'm like, why did you give Scorpio Sky the title at all? Yeah. Yeah, So that's that's a fair point. That's how I feel about that. Uh, Ethan Page bled in this match, uh, being on the outside. Don't know why, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Jonathan Gresham defended his uh, Ring of Honor World Championship against Dalton Castle. Uh, this match went about 10 and a half minutes. Uh, it was a, a fine match. Uh, nothing special about it. Uh, Dalton Castle is a guy who, like, he's 36. And if this is not his, if, if they're not planning on doing anything with him, I question putting him in this position. He's um, just a fine wrestler. Again, like I, I've seen Dalton Castle is the guy who beat Cody for the ring of honor title. So mm-hmm. it's not like a guy who has been, it's just unfortunate that the pandemic kind of fizzled him out. So I'm hoping that this is a guy who, cause his entrance is great. And I, I he's, he's a great worker, lots of personality. I hope AEW does something with him. Or at least bring him over. And then Thunder Rosa defeated Nyla Rose in a match that was good. It was very good, but it just wasn't like great. So Thunder Rosa got past Nyla Rose. She's the uh, the gatekeeper of the women's championship. As soon as you win it, you have to beat her. <laughs> That's how I feel about next? it. Um, it's a good question. Um, 
fuck, I don't know, man. I really don't know. What's interesting is I think that this, the Owen Hart tournament is kind of, for the women's division, might get in the middle of this, because I'm not sure who isn't competing in that tournament who would be a person who could bid for the championship. Well, I think it depends. Like, you know what you could do? Is you could have Tony Storm go out first round, and then you get Tony Storm, and maybe she turns heel, maybe she does something that gets her in the position where she's got the match with Thunder Rosa, and I think that's a great double or nothing match, and then you get whoever wins the 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 Own Heart Foundation tournament. There you go, Kyle. Before we get out of here. Uh, I want you to talk a little bit about ASPWA. All right, let's do it. Um, So we're going to include a link in the show notes. For those who don't know, we decided to create an uh, homage to Southern 80s-ish wrestling on WWE 2K22 called ASPWA Wrestling. That is All-Star Pro Wrestling Alliance. This was, this is interesting. I'm pretty happy with how things have turned out. We have a roster of wrestlers. We have started out by putting together a qualifying tournament for our championship belts. So if you go onto the the YouTube channel, if you're so inclined, there are three, or there are two shows, three videos, but uh, one of them is a, a two-parter, two nights of this. And if if Rylan is up for it, I might be down to record another one. So by the time you hear this, there might be a third uh, video up there. The goal is, I think we're going to be running this basically every Tuesday night. That's the, the goal, Re- yeah. ASPWA Wrestle Night. So you'll be able to tune in on Tuesdays, uh, watch it live, or just watch it whenever because it goes up on YouTube on our YouTube channel. I'm, I'm really excited about this. This has been, it's been good so far. The matches have been really fun. Um, yeah. I, I feel happy about how things have turned out with us. Ryle and I yeah. worked pretty hard on this, on this roster on trying to get the look and feel of the stadium and the whole atmosphere. I think we, we got a pretty good, pretty good, got a pretty good product here. Yes, we. I'm very happy with this. It, it it really feels like we're running a wrestling promotion on the side. Uh, thank yeah. God we don't have to pay these people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the the talent um, are, is virtual. They are getting well paid in in virtual currency. We assure you. But uh, um, but yeah, definitely check it out, Kyle. Uh, has done a lot of work. I, I myself have, have, have put in. Some, I I don't feel like I've done as much work as you, so I really want you to take the credit for this because you have really put in a, a, an arm's worth le- or an arm's length of work here. And uh, it should be noted that uh, Kyle really is the creative force behind ASPWA. Well, um, started. We wanted to have a universe of all created wrestlers. But uh, games in, in in years past, games just weren't quite uh, up to doing that. There weren't enough slots for doing it, or there was some other issue, or whatever it is. Or it was WWE 2K20, and I didn't buy it at all. Oh, but this game, I'm enjoying it. I like the the computer simulation of it. I'm working on tweaking the uh, some of the sliders to make everything uh, really flow nicely. And yeah, I'm. I feel good about this. We've got, so the qualifying tournament, I'm hoping to get things ready to go that uh, will be going uh, very, very soon, either this or next Tuesday. But yeah, it'll be very exciting. We will keep you posted on both the WN Wallop uh, Twitter feed and ASPWA Wrestling on Twitter as well is a place to go. If you want to check this out, if this is of interest to you, uh, go ahead and subscribe there and subscribe to the YouTube channel. That would really help us out in a big way. We need to get build up subscribers for this in order to do some fun stuff on YouTube. So if you are so inclined, please do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kyle, why don't you tell the fine folks who listen to Wednesday Night Wallop and all of our shows where to find us on the social media? All right. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at WMWallop. We are WMWallop on Instagram. If you search Wednesday Night Wallop on Facebook, 
uh, black and yellow. Our names, Rylan Kyle. That's us. Uh, we've got a lot of bunch. We've got a bunch of stuff up on our Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter, it is at LeRegendaryKJ. That is L-E-R-E-G-E-N-D-A-R-Y-K-J. If you want to find ASPWA on Twitter, it is ASPWA Rest. Ah, sorry, at ASPWA Wrestling. Rylan, uh, what is your Twitter handle? You want to shout it out. Uh, it's at RYAM Sport Report. Uh, I do want to make mention that the Sports Report is coming back for season two. And we're talking NBA uh, playoffs. Uh, Kyle and I took in the NBA uh, night one of the playoffs with uh, Toronto taking an ass kicking to Philadelphia. <laughs> I, I don't know if you, yeah, it was even as asking. It was rough. Um, I'm going to, I'm, I'm tentatively trying to book Vince Delgado to come on uh, the sports report and talk uh, the NBA playoffs, but uh, stay tuned. Uh, I'm hoping to drop that sometime this week, as well as the second episode of the evening show with Rylan. I have a independent pro wrestler who I'm not going to name yet. I want to save it for the show. Uh, we're going to talk uh, wrestling and his career and, and a bunch of other stuff. So stay tuned for that. Uh, and much, much more Kyle send the people home. Happy. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening all the way to the end of the show. We greatly appreciate each and every one of you for doing that. And for all those who are still here, you have been walloped. Good night. Oh, my God. That was difficult. You've been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.